You are engines. All right, here's the about. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. I'm not a crook. If you like your health care plan, you'll be able to keep your health care plan. Listening to Jim Paris Live, your source for the latest news on money, politics, prophecy, and preparedness. And now your host, the editor-in-chief of ChristianMoney.com and the author of more than 30 books, Jim Paris. All right, hello everybody. Welcome to the broadcast. Great to have you with us. We are live on Sunday nights. And we rebroadcast all throughout the week. And the easiest way to get in touch with me is my email, jim at christianmoney.com, jim at christianmoney.com. Well, what happened last week was we did an audio version only of the show. Uh, We had problems. There was a very serious thunderstorm here. And I don't know exactly what happened, but I had this buzz in my equipment that I could not get rid of on the video side of things. And uh, I always have a backup going on the audio. uh, And I tried to sync the audio to the video. It wasn't working. And I struggled with it for like three hours and then I gave up. Um, But we're going to probably redo that show again soon. There is an audio version and it was all about social media marketing and uh, some, uh, you know, a lot of great information there. And so I get a lot of questions from people asking, you know, how do I get the show in that podcast audio only format? So a couple of things you can listen live on uh, pretty much most weeknights. We are on talkstreamlive.com and also we, we uh, re-air many times throughout the middle of the night on talkstreamlive.com but also just for the list of all of the different places you can download the show you can go to jimparisradio.com jimparisradio.com all right i i'm not going to get into it yet on my show but there was a huge announcement that i made on facebook about what's been going on with me over the last 18 months and if you're somebody that loves me and loves the show and you're probably wondering, you know, what's been going on with me. I've been under a brutal attack for the last 18 months, and uh, I believe that's coming to an end here. Uh, some legal things are happening, and uh, I, I put a post up on my Facebook about that if you want to take a look at that. Uh, a crazy amount of rain here in Florida. I remember when my uh, parents used to take us on vacation here in the 1970s. Yes, that's how old I am. And um, I remember it would rain really, really hard, like twice a day when we would come on vacation. I remember that distinctly. And then, you know, living here now for over 30 years, I don't remember that necessarily being the case every year, but some years we have that. And that's the cycle we're in right now is um, at least once a day, we're getting a torrential downpour. And it's, uh, I don't know. It's it's kind of refreshing in a sense that it does bring the temperature down a little bit. But then when you go outside, it's like all steamy and everything because of all the moisture that's in the air. So in any case, uh, a little of that uh, got in the way of the uh, the show last week. So one of the big stories this week is that Fitch, the bond rating service, has downgraded by one step uh, United States debt. 
And so there's been a lot of opinions about this. Is this a big deal? Is this not a big deal? It did cause interest rates to go up a little bit this week on the 10-year treasury. And the 10-year treasury, of course, is the bond that determines 30-year mortgage interest rates. So those people in the mortgage industry, like myself, um, had seen an increase in mortgage rates this week. Not a lot, but a little bit of, of an increase. Um, not sure long-term how much of an effect that's going to have. Um, but one of the things that I did do, I, I did a video on this earlier today, uh, just on my Facebook, Facebook Live, just talking about how there's always an opportunity in every economic circumstance. And right now, I know there's a lot of you who have been on the sidelines and you've been wanting to find a time, a window of opportunity to buy a house. And the price of houses is coming down in many parts of the country, including right here in Palm Coast, Florida, where I live. Rates are coming down. I'm sorry, prices on real estate uh, are coming down. Rates are actually kind of flat. They were coming down and now they're, they're, they're kind of flat right now. But in any case, um, the, the real estate market is uh, starting to turn to where it's not so much of a seller's market. That is, sellers are willing to make concessions. And one of those concessions is that they will give you money towards closing costs. And by asking for the right amount of money towards closing costs, you can actually use some of that money to pay for a lower interest rate. This is called an interest rate buy down. And this is uh, something that most people aren't aware is available. But this is a way where you can get a rate, you know, even as low as into the fives, if you know how to structure this. So this is a really cool strategy. If you're somebody that is currently in the middle of uh, looking for a house, negotiating to buy a house, maybe you're a realtor and you're helping someone. Um, this is something you want to get in touch with me about uh, because there are some really creative ways of structuring these deals now that sellers are more flexible to get those seller paid closing costs and to get a legitimately you know, significant uh, d decrease in your interest rate. So uh, I always tell people the fastest way to get in touch with me on mortgages and things like that is the email that goes directly to my phone, which is James L. Paris at gmail.com, James L. Paris at gmail.com. So a lot of questions still coming in about my Facebook monetization deal. I talked about this um, a little bit on last week's show, which again, only went out uh, as a, an audio version. So if you're someone that watches the video, you didn't hear this, but I did get in touch with Facebook. It was a week ago, Thursday, Facebook contacted me and offered me a monetization deal which could pay, they said, up to $30,000 a month. And the keywords there are up to, right? Um, I don't know how much I'm going to get. You know, probably just a few dollars. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not, who knows what I'm going to get. But it, it's, uh, it's interesting because uh, this monetization idea on social media, most people who do social media do it to try to create a following. And then with that following, they do something else. You know, they, they sell a product, they sell a service, um, but to make money in and of itself from social media is not easy to do. And um, there are different ways of doing it. Of course, people who have a YouTube channel can get paid from YouTube. Uh, we've been kicked off YouTube here, so I'm not on YouTube, but I am on Rumble. Rumble does have a monetization deal with me. So there are some of these sites that do have monetization deals. Medium.com, I have a monetization deal with uh, for writing articles. 
Um, but now I have a monetization deal with Facebook. And one of the questions that people have been asking me a lot is how can they get a monetization deal with Facebook? And so I researched this and I was, you know, really digging, trying to find out, you know, what are the steps to get a monetization deal? Why did I get a monetization deal? And so at this point, the truth is this, that there is nothing that you can do to get the, the offer from Facebook for monetization other than just keep uh, building your following. I did not ask them for a monetization offer. They reached out to me and I accepted the offer and it's on a case by case basis. They are basically looking at your statistics, looking at your following, your engagement, all of those kind of things. And so some interesting things have been happening with me on Facebook. So I recently heard from Facebook about six weeks ago that they wanted me to upgrade my personal page to a professional page, which I did. I then went ahead and I got the blue check mark. So I'm verified. I then about two weeks ago started doing Facebook reels and Facebook stories, which I learned how to do in the advanced social media seminar that I went to in Detroit a couple of weeks ago. After I started doing the Facebook reels and the Facebook stories, it seemed like maybe some algorithm kicked in and it was right after that because I started getting thousands of views on these new, um, you know, uh, niches inside of Facebook, especially with the uh, Facebook reels. And all of a sudden I get this offer from Facebook. So I, I can't give you the steps to get a deal with Facebook. I don't know how much I'm going to get paid yet from Facebook. But it is interesting to see that there is a monetization option where you can get paid uh, for your content and your engagement on Facebook. Um, the only advice I could give you is post frequently, use all three of the different, you know, do regular posts, also do the reels, do the stories, also do the Facebook lives. Um, so, so using all of the different kinds of content, um, is also a key. And so people have been asking me too about, you know, what is a Facebook story? What is a Facebook reel? So I would, these are basically, um, variations of Facebook that have been created to compete with other sites like TikTok and, and so forth. But here's how I kind of describe it. I think a Facebook story is kind of like the poster to the movie. And then I think a reel is like the trailer to the movie. And then when you do like a full blown post, that's the movie. That's kind of my uh, description of it. But the shorter form uh, parts, you know, of, of Facebook, the shorter form content options of stories and reels seems to be what's growing the most. And it seems to be what Facebook is uh, seemingly giving more credit for as far as your engagement and all of that. Because what's happening is, when I use Facebook stories and I use Facebook reels, I'm getting a lot more views. So there's no doubt that Facebook is favoring these types of, you know, these forms of content, these shorter forms of content than they are, you know, um, the, the longer forms or the more traditional forms of content. So I'm not saying to not do a traditional Facebook post or whatnot, but it seems like, you know, for example, if I just filmed a video and then put it up as a regular Facebook post, I'm getting probably, I don't know, 50 times more views if I post that as a reel. I just am. And I can't explain it other than just to say that that's how Facebook is is looking at this content and how they're prioritizing it and putting into uh, people's news feeds. 
All right. So uh, Trump was funny this week. He said that uh, one more indictment and he'll be guaranteed getting reelected. You got to love this guy. I mean, whether you like him or not personally, you got to admire this guy's perseverance uh, with all the stuff he's being hit with. It just seems like it's making him stronger and stronger and stronger. And it is um, interesting to watch what the competitors are doing. So Ron DeSantis, governor here in Florida, came out and said that election fraud theories promoted by Trump did not prove to be true. Uh, So he's kind of differentiating himself by saying that uh, the election fraud theories turned out not to be true. And we've said on this show many times, even though YouTube banned me, Um, We've said on this show many times, I don't know if the outcome of the election was actually rigged or not. I do know there was cheating. I do know there was a lot of anomalies, all of these mail-in ballots and these drop boxes and all of these, you know, suspicious late night truck deliveries. There was certainly a lot of smoke, but was there fire on this show? I've just said, I don't know. But um, just even asking the question got me banned from YouTube. So this will be interesting to see how primary voters respond uh, to this idea that now DeSantis is sort of laying down a marker that he does not believe that the um, that these uh, election fraud theories were true. And then Pence, of course, coming out saying much of the same thing uh, in adding to that, that he felt like he was put in a position on January 6th to have to choose between supporting the president and supporting the Constitution. Um, so it looks like there's going to be dividing lines in the primary over the issue of election fraud and, uh, you know, what happened, you know, during that whole period of time where uh, sort of the election was being uh, contested. All right. So this is in from Florida. Uh, I love to follow these different scams. And some of these scams are honestly pretty darn good. And so this is from the Ocala Police Department. They said that a resident reported a phone scam where somebody contacted them falsely claiming to be uh, a a local official, told the individual that they missed jury duty. And then um, they asked them to personally verify some information, including getting a fee from them for missing jury duty. And apparently this is going on now all around the country. This has been a scam for many years. The idea of, jury duty and people falling victim to paying a fee or, or just different things where they use the excuse of jury duty to get personal information from you. Um, but obviously the answer to this is the same as it is with any of these other, uh, scams. I mean, if somebody calls you, uh, and says they're calling you about jury duty, they want money from you. Number one, that's not going to happen. You're not going to be asked to pay money. Uh, for getting out of jury duty or missing jury duty. Um, number two, if you feel like that call might be legit, um, then I would ask that person for their phone number uh, to City Hall and get, you know, hey, I'll call you. What's your extension at City Hall? You know, or just hang up with them and call City Hall directly. The same thing is if you get an email from your bank or a text message from your bank or your credit card company saying that somehow there's something wrong with your account, click on this link, and then you go to a fake site. We've always said, just close your browser, open up a new browser, and just navigate directly to your bank or your credit card company. Log in. Don't use the link that these scammers send you. Log in directly. Navigate directly to your bank or credit card site. And then if there is a problem, 
they will be able to, uh, you know, you'll see it there and you'll be able to know that it's legit. But, uh, this scam apparently is working. Um, and, uh, it's, it's here in Florida. Okay. So Elon Musk is vowing to pay the legal expenses for users. Well, I want to say Twitter, but we're calling it X now. That's the new name of Twitter is X. I don't know if they're still calling the messages you post tweets. What are they calling them? I don't know. But if you get in trouble at work because of something you post on Twitter or the new X as it's called, uh, Musk is setting up a legal fund to help people uh, who get in trouble at work. Now, I'm not exactly sure um, how this actually will happen in real practice. It is, it is a tough thing because depending on what it is that you do for a living, there might be limits on what you could say on Twitter or what we're calling X now. So I don't know, you know, legally, I'm not an attorney, obviously, so I don't know where the line is. But I mean, I'm just thinking of examples like, let's say that you're a teacher and you're in the public school system and then you post something that's racist or something that's completely, you know, not compatible with your profession. Uh, if you're in public service in, in some way, I can think of a lot of different scenarios where something you say publicly or post publicly could legitimately be grounds maybe for you losing your job. But um, it looks like there's going to be help. The, the, obviously, the ones that I think that might be the focus here, which it makes a lot more sense when you think about the idea of somebody posting something political online, like they're supporting one candidate or another, or just a personal opinion or a Christian viewpoint or spiritual viewpoint, and then they end up losing their job because of that. Uh, because the company they work for is liberal or whatever. Um, I think those are certainly good examples of where getting legal, um, you know, legal help would certainly uh, make a lot of sense. So Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg are going to have a cage fight match. And I think this is really funny. I remember years ago, Sean Hannity got into this whole thing where he was training in the mixed martial arts and he was on the air talking about how he could take people down and how tough of a guy he was. And I had criticized him publicly saying, look, if you're trained in the martial arts, you just don't talk that way. That's not, you know, I'm a third degree Taekwondo black belt. I don't walk around talking about how I could take people down. I just think that that's irresponsible and it's not compatible with the philosophy of the martial arts, which is self-defense. We're not, uh, trained to go around bragging about how we can take people down. But apparently Zuckerberg is into this MMA training and all of this kind of thing. And he's challenged Elon Musk to a fight. And I don't think there's a date set yet, but it looks like Musk and Zuckerberg are going to do this cage match MMA fight. And it's going to be streamed live online. Uh, so this is going to be really interesting to see, you know, I don't know how good a shape either of these guys are in. Um, I, I would guess maybe Zuckerberg might be in better shape because he's been training and all you ever hear about Musk is how he works almost 24 hours a day. That That's a guy that I don't know, maybe he's not in the best of shape. I, I don't know, but he's such a smart guy. He might figure out some way to get in shape quickly and win. We'll just have to see. Uh, but I find this to be a little bit humorous, uh, but interesting. And I'm sure it'll get a lot of uh, media attention. 
So there's a new report out listing the most expensive states to live in. And according to the report, really no surprise, Hawaii turns out to be the most expensive. And then following closely is California and New Jersey. Certainly no surprise. And then uh, the least expensive turns out to be Alaska, uh, which is which is interesting. I hear different things about living in Alaska. Obviously, I don't think I could ever live there because I hate the cold weather I grew up in all that. Um, but, you know, Alaska seems to be a, a place that people are moving to, especially with the remote working trend. And you can live there inexpensively. And uh, there's a lot of perks. Um, apparently, you even get money if you own land there because the state uh, has a profit uh, going as far as their tax base goes from all of the um, oil and gas uh, production that comes out of there. So, uh, it is an interesting, you know, thing to look at Alaska. I still say Florida <laughs> because Florida's a cheap place to live. It, at least it used to be. It's still pretty cheap compared to most places. Uh, we got no state income tax. I think that's huge. I think our property taxes are lower than most states. Um, and you got the nice weather, so you, you don't have to worry about, uh, uh, living in Alaska weather just to save money. So the Mega Millions jackpot is now up to $1.55 billion, or should I say billion. Uh, <laughs> oh, man, I bought a ticket the other day. I'll admit it. I did. I bought a ticket to the Mega Millions, or what we should call it now, I guess the Mega Billions. Uh, it's crazy to see these lotteries getting up to this amount. And uh, man, oh, man, I, if if I were to win that kind of money... I would definitely want to stay anonymous. And I know there's all kinds of rules in some states you can be anonymous and other states you can't, but man, I would definitely want to stay anonymous. <laughs> I don't know if I can help myself though, to not uh, go out and buy a new car or something. And then it would tip people off that, Hey, this guy's look at this guy. Look at, he's driving this, this new Hummer or whatever kind of car I might buy. Uh, but $1.55 billion. Okay. Uh, so, there's a story, uh, this is from Los Angeles, about a restaurant that is now adding 4% onto every customer's bill to cover the cost of staff health insurance. And I don't know, restaurants are getting to be completely nuts when it comes to underpaying their employees. I mean, as it is, it's already expected that you give a 20% tip. And this is, you know, I mean, even you go to like a, a takeout place, you go into like a sandwich shop and they got the big tip jar there. They got you signing on an iPad. Do you want to leave a tip or not? And they suggest 20 percent, 25 percent, these restaurants. And then you're, you know, you're made to feel guilty because you're told that these restaurant workers barely get paid anything and they mostly live on tips. And how dare you not leave a tip? And now on top of all of this uh, sort of, you know, social pressure to tip. They're asking for a 4%. Uh, they're not asking. They're putting this as a, a surcharge on every customer's bill uh, in Los Angeles. This this one particular restaurant, not all of them, adding 4% to every customer's bill to cover staff health insurance. And then this exploded on Twitter X this week. A number of Wells Fargo customers are claiming that they are missing deposits from their bank accounts. And the story is this, I guess one person posted that they had a deposit uh, for like three or $4,000 that they knew that was made and wasn't in their account. 
that started an avalanche of other people saying that they also have deposits missing from their Wells Fargo accounts. And so this became a thing. And now it's, um, you know, trending over on X and everybody's talking about this. And with all of the fear already in the banking system and with all of the scandals uh, in the banking system with, you know, Wells Fargo and Bank of America and all these big companies getting fines and being found guilty of all kinds of things. Um, it's, it's concerning to read this because I mean, uh, you wake up one morning and money that you think is in your bank account isn't there. And, uh, what do you do? You call an 800 number, you get the runaround and then you can't pay your bill. So we'll have to follow the story. It seems to be uh, something that a lot of people are saying is happening to them. Uh, I haven't seen any public response from Wells Fargo, but maybe that will happen tomorrow. And then we'll close it out with this. New research is concluding that fully remote workers are less productive than their in-office counterparts. And I'm not exactly, I'm not sure I'm convinced by this study, but I, I will tell you that um, being a remote person myself, I work remotely. Um, I've always worked, you know, remotely. Uh, I mean, at least going back, I don't know, 30 years I feel like I'm super productive being remote, uh, but uh, it, it may not be the case with everybody. And I think that employers certainly have the right to put in place some kind of effective uh, productivity monitoring. I don't know if it's, uh, you know, punching in, you know, where they can check to see that you're actually working or put some kind of quota on your output each day. Uh, but it looks like the uh, workplace is struggling to find a way to hold workers accountable while still providing the option of remote working. So, you know, I think remote working is still, I think it's here for the long run. I don't think it's going anywhere, but I do think it is a challenge. It's going to be, uh, who knows, maybe this is the next AI thing that there's going to be an AI developed. There probably is. I just, you know, I'm just coming up with this off the top of my head. Somebody's going to come up with an artificial intelligence that's going to watch you if you're a remote worker to make sure you're doing your job or to make sure you're being productive. Um, and this is probably a big niche for somebody down the road, you know, as far as a software developer, uh, because people are not going to give up their remote jobs. But at the same time, you know, companies want to get uh, their dollar of work uh, for each dollar of payroll that they're putting out. So I understand uh, both sides of that. Uh, I'm sure a lot more research will happen with this and you probably get uh, perspectives on both sides of it. All right, to get in touch during the week, uh, one of the best options is to just follow me over at Facebook. Just type my name in James L. Paris, or you can type in christianmoney.com on Facebook to find my Facebook page. I'm also on TikTok. I'm also, um, you know, of course I'm on Twitter, which is now X. Uh, and if you want to find all the places you can follow me, christianmoney.com, all the places to listen to the show and download the show, jimparisradio.com. And, uh, all you've got to do is say that magic word to a L E X a, which I'm not going to say the word cause it'll trigger my device. Just, uh, say this to your device, your Amazon device, play Jim Paris radio. And you'll be surprised to uh, pick up the 24-7 stream. God bless. So much for joining us. We'll talk to you next time. So long, everybody.